There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shanderoyle, and Earl is in again. Oh, oh, oh. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the SC Playbook podcast brought to you today by Brett Oaten Solicitors. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is 2019 Supercoach champion Desi Creek. Des, how are you, mate? Yeah, going well, Tim. Um, though I did have another one of those weeks in Supercoach where I missed the massive scores from a couple of popular players, um, namely Ponga and Nofo, but I still managed to score 13.73, which I was fairly content with, though I probably could have gone for a bit of a bolder captain than Cleary on Thursday night, considering I'm trying to make up some late ranks. But yeah, I really thought Cleary would go better against Brisbane, as I'm sure a lot of people did. Yeah, that's a huge score without Ponga and Noffa last round. That'd be one of the biggest ones there without them blokes. But I mean, you're the lunatic for running without Ponga this year. So anyway, <laughs> and uh, also joining us is the SC Spy. Spy, how are you? G'day, lads. Pretty tired today, I'll be honest. I didn't uh, didn't get a heap of sleep last night, but what better to get out of the uh, the slumber than some footy chat, lads? Um, not a bad weekend. It was it typified the year, to be honest. I scored thirteen thirty, which I thought you know it seems okay, but I dropped fifteen hundred spots, and it just shows how high how difficult some weeks are. Um, people that hurt me, Stephen Crichton didn't score for the first time in what seems like all year. He only got twenty, so that was a bit of a dagger. Um, my, my best mate Sevo scored in the opening five minutes, and I'm like, here we go, repay the faith. And he scored 40 points, <laughs> so he's just killing wow. me. And um, Nofaluma just keeps on getting it done. I Obviously, I don't have him. He's hurt me a lot this year, and he continues to do so. So anyone that's got him still, well done. Um, he's just tearing sides to pieces. Good on him. Yeah, Nofaluma has just been unbelievable for a bit of context with Nofa this year, so that was his fourth ton of the year. He's averaging 81 points per game. That's as a winger playing in a side outside of the top eight. Latrell Mitchell last year as the strike center in the Roosters side, which is you know one of the best teams I've ever seen put together, a combined 17. Um, he was kicking goals for the Roosters as well and averaged 70. 
So Noffa's got 11 points this season on Latrell from last year, which I just think is unbelievable um, and a sign of how good he's going. Uh, as for the the Mighty Kuma Stallions, uh, I did manage to nail all the big tons this week, or the majority of them, for 1,452 points. Um, but such is this year, as you, as you said, boys. It was a massive scoring week last week across the board. Uh, dropped a little bit down from 10th to 14th spot overall. Um, so nothing nothing too deflating there, um, but slipped a little bit of ground. I think the probably thing that hurt me most was uh, I went the straight C on Nathan Cleary. Uh, even after the game, I wasn't too upset with it because I thought, you know, a lot of people might um, loop him um, with, uh, with the sort of 80-odd points he had. Uh, then he down-dated on, early on Friday before the, uh, the Friday night games kicked off. And I think people just said, you know what, um, he's a perfect chance to, to go with to not loop and go with a Teddy or a Ponga, and these guys all went off. So um, that was the big difference for me last week, but not to worry. Looking half all right this week, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, as mentioned, guys, we are brought to you by Brett Oaten Solicitors, a law firm specialising in the entertainment, media, and tech industries. If you need intellectual property, contract, or other business advice, visit brettoaten.com.au. Apart from business, business, Brett is also happy to discuss Supercoach, music, TV, and his surfing shortcomings. Um, the support from Brett and his firm has been massive for us this year for the podcast and for the website and particularly heading into next season. Um, so a massive th- thanks to him and, and all his firm. Um, guys, we'll get on to the major topic of this week, which is Caelan Ponga. I mean, for starters, a bunch of people sold him last week, which was just madness in my eyes. We saw what he did. He scored his, might have been his first hat-trick of his career. Um, went huge, another big ton. He's been rested this week because he had his head taken off by the old Chad Townsend. Um, straight and simple, um, Spy, what are you doing with Ponga this week? Uh, it's a tough one that everyone needs an answer to. And now that Ryan Pappenhausen's out, who was the obvious target to trade in, uh, makes it even harder. Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, Pappy not being named is huge because he's been in serious form. I think the first thing you do this week is have a look at your side, see how good your 17 looks um, without Ponga, with him sitting on your bench. If you can cover him reasonably, then you absolutely hold on to him. The bloke scored over 158 twice in the last five weeks. So we know what he can do. His last two games after a week off being freshened up, are pretty good. I think it's Saints and the Titans. So it's not like he's running into to Melbourne or, or Canberra or the Chooks or any of those guys. So, mate, I'd expect him to finish off the year strongly. <laughs> he has lost the goal-kicking duties, but the way he was hitting them in his little form slump, he wasn't getting a lot of points out of that anyway. Now, if the question comes, there's a totally different train of thought for mine if you're in a head-to-head contest. If you're in a knockout semi-final this week and – you can't field a super strong 17 and selling uh, selling Ponga on allows you to strengthen your side and give you the chance at winning this week, then that's when you do look at doing it. Obviously, in head-to-head, there's no next week if you lose at this time of year, so you don't have to worry about grand finals and all, the, all that too much. So that's a balancing act. As I said, absolutely try and hold him if you can, but if it means getting in a guy like... Um, maybe a Stags or or someone else with high upside instead of an absolute muppet in your as your last bench spot, then I can understand why you'd want to do that in head-to-head. And the same goes for overall. It, it is the time of year to take risks. If you're – say you can only field 16 or something like that and you've got no one else to trade, then, you know, you can take the risk and sell Ponga, but just be aware that 
in the last two weeks he could do anything. He played as good a footy as he's played all year last weekend. So certainly hold if you can, but there are there are reasons why you may look at selling if you if you had to. Des, I'll get your take on both sides of, of the spectrum there being overall and head-to-head um, because, as the spy said, there's definitely a case to trade him if you've got 17 players, you know, you need to sell him to get a really strong 17 and win your game this week. Um, probably you've been there and done it, mate. You've, you've won the overall title. It's a big opportunity for people to bring in one of these live-wire fullbacks into their side uh, and, and chase a few points on opposition. Would you be considering doing that if you were, you know, ranked pretty high up chasing the title? Or even you might be someone chasing a spot in the top 1,000. It doesn't have to be their overall title. Um, how would you approach it? Yeah, all things considered, I think if you're in the top 50 or 100 or so, still in with a chance to win, I probably wouldn't sell Ponga. He's coming off a hat-trick and you just you can't go without someone who's that dangerous. He could pulverise you in the last two rounds if you don't have him realistically. Um, but then again, it is the guys that take the correct risks towards the end who are going to win the title. So it's it's still something you have to give some thought to. But for me, it's it's just a clear hold now that Pappenhausen's rested as well this week. I mean, Tommy Turbo expected back in the next week or so is the only real spanner in the works, but it would take a seriously brave man to sort of bring him in the last two weeks considering Manly are out of contention for the top eight and they really won't want to sort of re-injure his hammy right at the end of the year. Um, RTS is the only other guy who sort of deserves a little bit of a look in. He's finally brought back the A game from last season and all the Warriors attack is basically back in his hands. So, yeah, he's another positive with RTS is that he probably, well, he definitely won't be arrested as the Warriors are still sort of clinging on to the hope of making the top eight. So, He's he's the only guy who I really think about doing it for, but it's just it's it's a no go really. Yeah, RTS is I think sort of three game average of about ninety seven points, which is pretty massive. Um, I've I've pretty publicly in Supercoach terms, obviously not being the biggest fan of RTS because he doesn't have that massive ceiling of of the top fullbacks in the game. Um, but I could see why maybe if you were desperate to make up some ground. But look, Pappenhausen being out just. It's a bit of a shame because it would have opened up the fullback position so much if Papi was in. A lot of people would have jumped ship to him. Um, but now with not that many great replacements, particularly, you know, you've got Gutho who's playing against Penrith this week, so that's not a, not a great matchup there. Um, you know, I suppose Brimson's a bit of a left-field option. The Titans have a, a nice run home. Um, but I think if you can hold Ponga, definitely hold Ponga because he could go mad the last two weeks, protect, particularly after a bit of a freshen up uh, and the Knights who might be playing for a home semi-final or, or something like that. Um uh, my last bit of advice on that one is if you are in a head-to-head semi-final uh, and you need Ponga to make a strong 17, sorry, not need Ponga, need a gun 17th man so you need to trade Ponga, just have a look at your opposition, check out their team and see where you stand. And if you think you're the better side in the contest, maybe there's a case to hold Ponga and then you can hopefully get through, get the win, and then you'll have him there for the last two weeks. Well, hopefully the last two weeks with the grand final coming up. Um, but, yeah, some big decisions to make for people there because Ponga was sizzling last week. Uh, guys, if you are interested in our premium content for the last three weeks to help you through head-to-head finals or the chase for the overall title, uh, it's $10 now for our subscription package, answer your questions, bit of extra staff, all that yada, 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 that jibber-jabber. Um, or if you'd like to support the podcast, if you're a fan of it, uh, you can do so with a donation. There's a tab in the article holding the story, so that would be cool. But if not, no dramas at all. 
Lads, let's get into the team analysis for the week, the game-by-game previews. Starting on Thursday night, massive game for my side. West Tigers versus Rabbitohs, 7.50pm at the point-friendly Bankwest Stadium. At the Tigers, they are unchanged from last week's gritty win over Manly. Gritty is probably not a great way to call it, but they got over the line in the last few minutes. At the Bunnies, Dane Gagai returns from a hamstring strain on the wing in place of Jackson Paulo. Tavita Totola is out with Liam Knight starting at prop and Jed Cartwright on the bench. Spy, who do you like in this clash, mate? The Bunnies have a nice couple of weeks coming up, so there's a few <coughs> points of interest there. Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, they certainly do, mate. Um, I just want to note quickly that the Bunnies play the Roosters in the last week of the year, so anyone with minimal trades looking to bring in certain guys potentially from the Bunnies, just be aware that they may have a tough last match, depending if the Roosters end up resting guys. But I, I just don't think Trent Robinson will rest guys a week out from the finals. I would expect Trent to rest guys next week against the Sharks. So if you bring in Cody Walker, for example, this week, I quite like it. I think he could have a field day against the Tigers if they don't show up and they haven't a lot of late. But obviously he may have that that tougher matchup in a few weeks and that, that would be head-to-head grand finals as well. So make sure you can cover him. But in saying that, Cody's the kind of player that even against the good sides, he steps up. So he might be able to eke out a 50 or 60 against the Chooks regardless. But, mate, he's he's been on serious form lately. He, his running game's really come back strongly the last few weeks. His combination with Reynolds has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed watching the Bunnies the last few weeks. And I really didn't rate them early in the year. They sort of struggled. But in typical Bennett fashion, he's got the boys firing. Um, he's found the roles for everyone. And I really like him. And Damian Cook, I think this could be his week potentially. Um, we spoke off air that obviously the Tigers, their middle defence is often not too bad, so a little bit tougher for Cook than maybe a Cody Walker. But the form he's in, he's just starting to run again. And as we mentioned a few weeks back, he's starting to get, to get tackled again. And when Cook's getting tackled, you know he's running, which leads to offloads and attacking opportunities. So I know you've got him, got him sitting there on your side, Tim, so hopefully this is the week, mate, that um, – Cookie really explodes for you and Cody as well. Um, And the only other watch would be Cam Murray. I still own him as we stand, looking at potentially selling him, but he has a nice matchup if he can get get some footy in his hands. Yeah, I've got Cookie, Cody, uh, and Cam Murray, who are all three semi-decent pods, particularly Cody. Um, so this this could make or break me this Thursday night game. I've been ready to unleash Walker there for a few weeks. Uh, he's been in my non-playing reserves and scoring bloody well against the Storm and the Eels of all teams. Um, so a really, really big game there. Um, I like Cook in this one, but I particularly like Cody Walker. You mentioned it there, but their middles are okay, but oh, the edge defense there with BJ shooting out of the line a couple of times on the weekend for tries. Um, you saw Luciano, granted, was in the middle of the park, but the try that Marty Tapao tipped on for Jake Chaboyevic, that opened up so badly, um, and I just think Cody's going to expose that on the edges so much. So I think Cody's the man for this. Um, whether or not he's warranted bringing in, I'm not sure. Des, Murray, Cook, and Walker, they're very solid options. Are they great options, and would you be getting them in? Um. Not necessarily Murray. I think Cook and Cody are. I really like Cook in this matchup against um, Harry Grant. Um, I think he's a viable vice-captain option alongside Cody Walker, in fact. I think they're both viable VC options in this game. Cody's just in that sort of 2019 form where he's just scoring tries every game and no team's going to stop him, really. He just finds the space. He has the pace and he goes himself. He'll score tries he 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 won't stop scoring tries over the last three weeks, no matter who he's versing. 
he's just in that sort of form right now. Yep, Des. With Nofaluma, there's he's a pretty popular trading option this week, which I certainly understand. But he's six hundred and seventy k. Um, I think probably the people in the hunt for the overall are all going to own him off the back of his recent scoring. But there'll be a lot of head-to-head people looking to bring him in for finals. They play the Bunnies this week, the Storm next week, and then the Eels. Would you be forking out that, out that sort of money for Nofa at the moment with that run, or would you be looking to bolster your side elsewhere? You know what? I, I actually, I probably would. I think he's just he's just been way too good. No matter who he's versing, he's going to score tries. I, I feel sorry for anyone who sort of tried anti-potting him due to the tough draw um, because it's backfired miserably on whoever did it. He's just so dangerous. He tackle busts every run, basically. He's going to keep scoring tries no matter what sort of opponents he's versing. And the average of 81 across the whole year is just a testament to that. Like, he's he's pretty fixture-proof. So I think I don't think you can look past him anymore. I'd be ringing yeah. him in. Yeah, he made an absolute mess of that tough draw coming up, didn't he, with tries every week, absolutely killing it. Moving on to the Bulldogs versus Seagulls, Friday, 6 p.m. at ANZ Stadium. Oh, at the Dogs, mass changes. Marcelo Montoya, Kerrod Holland, and Kieran Foran all out. Jaden Ockenbaugh plays his first game of the year on the wing. DWZ moves to centre alongside Remus Smith. Jake Avrilo starts at 5'8". That's a very interesting one and a big one for the Doggies' future, if he can excel in the halves. Luke Thompson is back in the starting side at lock. Aiden Tolman to prop. Dylan Knapp is out with a knee injury. Brandon Wakeham and Suaso Sue are the new faces on the bench. At Manly, George Tafua and Josh Schuster are out for the season. Abbas Miski comes in onto the wing. Cade Cust has been recalled in the number six. Uh, fellas, not too much to talk about here. Will Hopperwide has hit the skids the last two weeks, which is a real bummer for anyone who brought him in. Uh, at Manly, a few points of interest. The first one being for me is Adam Fanul Blake, who I'm looking at bringing in this week. Um, that was prior to the news that Josh Papali's injury wasn't as bad as expected, um, and he has been named, but he's about a 50-50 chance to actually play this week, and even so, the minutes would be a concern. Um did a bit of digging on Fanua Blake yesterday, and he's averaging about 60-61 this season. But because of suspensions and injuries and whatnot, a few different things, um, you know, game time after the COVID break, uh, the postponed season, should I say, um, he's played less minutes at different times. But in games, he's played over 50 minutes. He's averaging 66 points per game, uh, which I think is a better reflection on how he's gone this year as a Supercoach player. Um, he's dirt cheap at about 40, 470 or 480k. So if you are looking to move on Papa or, or bring in a front row, I don't mind for Noah Blake. Um, but, lads, the big one here that everyone wants to know about is Daly Cherry Evans. Desi, you're a Manly fan. How tempting is Daly Cherry Evans? Yeah, I do rate him for the last three weeks if you have the money to spare. Um, but if you don't, I wouldn't be sort of pulling my hair out over not having him either. Like, he, he's the sort of guy who could – Average 100 for the last three weeks, but he also might average 50. You just don't know, even with the goal kicking. And Manly, they've just been losing games. I wouldn't actually be surprised to see them lose this game to the Bulldogs, to be honest. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And I suppose by uh, DCE, you know, you've got, you know, just about everyone's going to be running Nathan Cleary in a sort of Cam Munster combo at the moment. Um, If not Munster, probably Sean Johnson, who's been named this week. Uh, let's say everyone has a gun 17 at the moment. You bring DCE in for maybe Jerome Luai or someone like that. Does DCE get a start in your 17? Does he interest you? What do you reckon? Yeah, I had a look at exactly that, mate. I've got Luai sitting there. Um, I really 
like the look of Cherry at the moment. We know how good he is as a player, but with all the ball going through him at the moment and the goal kicking um, and a soft draw, you'd expect him to potentially do some pretty nice things over the last three weeks. Whether he's a seven-name player really depends on your side and who gets rested in the last three weeks. Are there any injuries, all that sort of stuff? As we've spoken about before, there's huge, huge possibility of teams resting guys in the next couple of weeks. So maybe that's where you have Cherry sitting there and you go, beauty, you can bring him in if Cleary gets rested or if someone else gets rested, he can sit on your bench as a pretty high attacking upside guy. I actually had a little look before and I almost prefer him over Cody Walker purely because of that last-round matchup that South have against the Roosters. Now, long-term, I probably prefer Cody, but over a three-week sample, and with South playing the defending premiers once in that run and Manly having three really good weeks and Cherry goal-kicking, I'd nearly lean towards Cherry if you want him. So I've, I've got nothing against if you, if you want to ring him in, go for gold. Yeah, nice, mate. You give me a bit of food for thought there. I might... Uh... Might even consider flipping Walker to DC in the last round if I've got a trade handy, but that'll come down to how many injuries we have in the next week or two. Moving on to the Panthers v Eels, Friday 7.55pm at Panthers Stadium. It's a shame we can't get a full crowd in for this because this would be an absolute blockbuster. Still will be, just a shame the fans won't be there to, to fill out the stadium. At Penrith, Isaiah Yo returns from a head knock, which is a massive relief of, with all these injuries this week and restings and whatnot. Uh, James Fisher-Harris returns at prop. Moses Leota to the bench. Kurt Capel shifts to the reserves. At the Eels, Reid Marnie's been named to start after it was originally feared he could be out for a few weeks. In the only change to the 17, which beat the Warriors, Andrew Davey comes onto the bench in place of Murata Niakoro. Um, look, lads, I went to do my squad breakdown earlier today, and I was looking at the Panthers and, you know, getting ready to write a big spiel on how good they are and how many players you can have in their side. We don't need to dwell on them too much because we speak about them every week and your Tottos and your Mansors, um, your Crichtons who hit the skid. You know, there's so many big options there. Um, so not don't need to go into too much detail, but I suppose, Desi, who interests you in this game and is there anyone who you're looking to bring in or maybe sell or what do you reckon? Yeah, I, from what I've seen, the Eels really haven't been putting up much lately. They're not in too great a form. So I do think the Panthers will win, so... I think Cleary is a pretty good VC option in this game. Could easily go 100-plus if the Eels don't defend really well. Um, though in the in the end, I think the game will come down to whether the Eels can get their attack to gel, which they haven't really seemed to be able to do in recent weeks. So I can see Penrith scoring 30-odd points, and obviously the outside backs will definitely be among them. Um, I'm pretty interested to see the matchup of Moses and Madison defending Kikau and Stephen Crichton because I think that's the edge where most of the game will probably be played on. Um, for the Eels, I really like Nathan Brown. Um, his work rate's been exceptional in recent weeks, and he's getting big minutes and running the ball really hard and fast at the line. So he's definitely one to watch out for and pod watch. But other than that, I think I think the Panthers are pre- pretty um, win pretty convincingly in the end. Yeah, I, I think um, Parramatta will put up a fight just because of the enormity of the clash. Para can basically lock in a spot in the top four with a win this week. They have two pretty easy games to finish, and they'll back themselves to win at least one of those. But, you know, if they can do it this week and, and give players a bit of a rest the following week, I think it might be against Brisbane, they'll do so. Um, Spy, who do you like in this clash? It was a clash originally that I was maybe looking at sitting someone like a Mansour or a Brian Toto um, because I've got, I do have five gun centre wings now. 
But now with what Parra have dished up the last few weeks, I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's not the, the game to do it in. What do you reckon? It's bloody tricky, mate, because I do think Parra would have had this one circled on their calendar for a few weeks now or a while out, so they've probably targeted towards this match a little bit. Uh, the big one is, obviously, Dylan Brown's out, which hurts their cohesion enormously on that left edge. I like Joe Field as a pirate. He's doing a good job for them, but he just doesn't do the role that, obviously, Brown would in attracting defenders when he goes to the line. Um, the other thing is Reid Marnie is he has to be in some doubt he's been named, but whether he'll start, I'm not sure. If he doesn't play, obviously that hurts Parrot as well. Um, I'm just – I find it tricky because with – it's a local derby. They're both in the top four. They're both at different stages of the year being predicted grand finalists. So you sort of look at it and go, they, they're going to be hungry. They're going to be hungry to win at both sides <clears throat> and maybe defences could be on song. But as you said, the way Parrot have been lately – Certainly far from their best, and I, I know for a fact, it's not a fact, but it's as close to a fact as you could get that Penrith were in about six gear last week. They went up to Brisbane to get the two points. They barely asked any questions. Um, mate, they, had, they were purely looking at this week, so you'd expect them to come out firing. The question is, can can Parra handle it? So that fast start that Penrith liked to, to have at times is probably going to be key to this one. And in short, I hope they're, I hope they're on Penrith because I own a lot of their players, especially in the back line like you, to old Mansour. Um, I've got Stephen Crichton as well. So it's um, it's going to be a nerve-wracking one. I do think Jerome Luai is an interesting one. He's been really good for a while now. But at some stage, I'm expecting a down week for him. Maybe it's going to be this week. Just something to think about if you're able to sit him. And the other big question mark is Isaiah Yo. How many minutes will he play? He's coming off a concussion. He's had a big year. They've got Kurt Capewell not even named in the 17, which I think is huge. So they've got to make a call there whether he's going to be part of their finals campaign. Maybe we see a late change on game day where he comes onto the bench. And if he does, you'd expect Yo potentially to get an early breather. Um, there's a lot to there's a lot of supercoast interest here and NRL interest. And just one more quickly for Josh Mansour owners like myself, Charlie Staines has been named in the twenty one, so not in the side to play, but one of my tips would be that Josh Mansell gets a rest in the next two weeks and Charlie Staines has a run on his wing. So that's just something to keep an eye out. Um in short, I'm not sure what's going to happen here because there's a lot to play for. Um, I hope it's a dry night, dry night, and there's plenty of points. But we'll just have to see what happens, boys. It's a tricky one for you, Tim, as to what to do. But at least you know Mansour and Toa love to run the ball. So if it isn't a high-scoring match, at least they probably have 20 runs each, which is something to obviously bank on there. Lots to take in there from the spies, giving a thought on every player in the game and every member of the crowd. So, uh, you know, we'll, you know, you've got your insight there. So, don't say we didn't warn you on this game. I like all of it. Jerome Lewis, a guy I wouldn't be playing in my seventeen this week. Um, not a bad bloke for the run home with two easy games. And I like the shout on Josh Mansour. I think there's a huge chance he gets rested in the next two weeks. But you can't see it happening in this game with a, a game against local rivals in the West, the Eels. Um, so intrigued in the minutes for Isaiah Yo. I antipotted him last week. Um, they've got a well, a three and a half forward bench in Tyrone May being there, who's a utility who spent time in the forwards this year. Um, you'd think minutes have to give somewhere with Yo. It wouldn't surprise me if they actually rested him this week after the head knock uh, and the fact that I don't think he'd missed a game this year. But yeah, massive news for owners with him being in the side. Dragons Raiders Saturday three pm at Wynn Stadium. Uh, this is a corker if you're a Raiders fan that's going to the game, and that's about the only reason because I am going to it. At the Dragons, 
Cody Ramsey makes his NRL debut on the wing. He lit up the nines at the start of the year and he's been out injured. Uh, so it'll be exciting to see him, see him get a game. He comes in for Michaeli Ravalawa. Paul Vaughan returns from suspension in an all-new front row pairing with Kate Ellis. Josh Kerr and Blake Laurie move to the bench and Tyrell Fuyamayono drops out. At the Raiders, <clears throat> as I mentioned earlier, Joshy Papali's been named to take his spot, but 50-50 call him whether he plays or not. <coughs> Cia Soliola's been named among the reserves and would be a massive inclusion for the lack of depth in their pack at the moment, particularly if Big Papa misses out. Uh, Desi, who do you like here, mate? Uh, it, and my big question, Zach Lomax, yeah, mate, in my eyes, he's the key man to Antipod. He averaged, I think, 60 points over the last three weeks against those Queensland rivals, which is okay, but not what we thought. Um, with a really tough run home, would you Antipod Zach Lomax? I probably would at this stage. Um, though he has been still scoring fairly well. 60 points per game isn't anything to scoff at, really, um, in the centre wing. But, yeah, I guess for the last three weeks, you'd, you'd want something... 80-plus maybe for the last three rounds. If you can snuff out a player who's going to do that, it's it's really hard to sell him. I still think he'll score fairly well in this one with McGuinness. Um, I think the Dragons might actually give the Raiders a little bit of a run in this one. Um, obviously coming off some pretty crippling losses to the Titans and the Cowboys, they'll actually want to show up for this one, I think. But, yeah, the Raiders are looking good, but... They might be a bit tired after that Roosters game. Um, but, yeah, obviously hoping that big Josh Papali goes over for a try for your sake, Timmy. Yeah, it'd be good to see Big Papa do that. Um, and just to clarify, on Lomax, if I was a head-to-head player, not overall, um, I'd be holding him because I think there's no urgency to sell him. There's no need. He'll still tick along well and could score really well. Um, but I do see an opportunity in in antipodium. He's got such massive ownership. The Raiders' defence is good, albeit the edges have been a bit leaky at times this year, although that's coincided with Curtis Scott being out there who isn't playing this week. Um, Spire, what are your thoughts on this one? Firstly, your thoughts on Lomax, and probably the other one is John Bateman, who with an easy run home, I can see him jagging some attacking stats and scoring really well. Yeah, mate, the producers have just told me I'm on I'm on a minutes limit for this one, so I'll be quick. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, no, it's I, all right, mate, it's all right. This is how excited I am about the last match. I didn't plan any of what I just said. I just had a look at the team list and started talking. <laughs> I could still be going. I didn't even get to para. Um, so I think Zachy Lomax, the fact he has averaged 60, it's been against three pretty weak sides. So we know what he can do, and he can absolutely score 100 plus any week against anyone. But in terms of an antipod, I like it a lot. It's sort of all the guns up there are pretty difficult to antipod because they're guns for a reason. So I think a side who's, while they're mathematically in the finals, if they do lose this week, they'll then fall out of the finals. And he has carried a knee. Maybe they gave him, give him a rest if that happens. So I like it. Um, there's obviously risk. It's always nervous, but that's part of the antipod fun. Quickly on Cam McInnes, he's been an absolute boss. He just he's so good. But again, I'm not worried about it this week. But if they do fall out of the mathematical chances of making the finals, surely you'd have to give him a bit of a spell at some stage, whether it's minutes or a game off, because that bloke's earned it. Um, and Johnny Bateman, mate, I'm I'm liking him this week a lot. He's been. He's been close the last few weeks. He he tried hard, as always, last week and just forced a couple of errors just trying to create something, as he does. But I think with a bit of an easier matchup against Saints, I like who he's running at on that edge. Um, I'm pretty pretty excited about Bateman's prospects this week, mate. Yeah, big on, big on Bato as well. 
Lads, let's move on to our bold predictions of the week. We'll uh, we'll start with recapping last week's. <clears throat> we actually went pretty well last week, which is very much a rarity for our bold predictions. It's not often we all get at least one right. In fact, it's not often we get one right at all. But Walson started off with Brian Toto, 100 plus, no good. Not a long way off, but no good. He had DCE to go 100 plus, which he did pretty comfortably. Then he had Munster and Smith to combine for 180, which was a no go. Uh, Adam DeRussi was on last week. He had Noffa to score under 50, which is a massive fail. Like, I think he's almost about a third of that. Um, although in Adam's defence, he did say it was wishful thinking because he was death-riding death him rather than logic. He had Cam Murray to go under 60, which is a really good get. Uh, and then he had Cleary 120-plus, which was a fail. I had Cleary 130-plus, and I was pretty confident of it as well. I thought he'd maul the Bronx, not even close. I had Fergo to get his first try of the year and to go 75-plus. He scored and scored 75 on the dot, so well just done. snuck him there. Well done. <laughs> well done to Fergo. He was the happiest bloke in Australia when he scored <laughs> that try. So was his I was the second happiest. <laughs> oh, I don't know if anyone remembers, but he scored what would have been the first try of the season in Thursday night footy and ripped this mad backflip and it was taken off him and the poor bugger hasn't scored since. When he scored that try on the weekend, he had four blokes lined up inside him who had no work to do. Fergo still had a bit to do, and he just pinned his ears. There was no way he was passing that ball. I absolutely loved it from Fergie Ferg. Um, and then I also had BMOS to go sub 45. So I got that one as well, which was a nice little tip off for the week. Desi, start us off. What have you got this week? All right. For my first one, I'm going Teddy 120 plus against the Knights. Um, second one, going Cleary 100-plus against the Eels. And lastly, Munster and Smith combined for 220-plus against the Cowboys. Very nice, mate. We'll reassess that next week. Spy, what have you got? Boys, uh, I'll have a look at – similar with Teddy, I think he's he's just on again. So Teddy 110-plus this weekend. I'll go Cody Walker 85-plus against the Tigers. Um, hopefully even more for you, Timo. Um, I'm going to go Jerome Luai sub 35 this week. Uh, if Parry can turn up defensively, I'll have a little crack at that, and I'm going to sit him. I'm not going to play him this weekend, so hopefully that one's right. Um, and my last one, I'm going to do four. Nico Hines coming in for Pappenhausen. I think he'll go – look, I've got down here 75 pass. I think he'll have a really nice afternoon against the Cowboys. Um, he's, he's a really exciting young talent, so 75 plus and someone to have a look at if you've got trades in hand, which we'll get to later. Yeah, like it, mate. Uh, Katoni Staggs is a bit of a target of mine this week. So I'm going to say Staggs to get two tries and go 90-plus. Cody Walker, who I am riding as much as I have a player this year to go 100-plus, um, expecting him to carve up the Tigers' edges or very much hoping so. And then I did have Kurt Mann to go under 50, but I'll get to why I've bailed on that idea a little bit later when we get to their game. Uh so I've got Cam Munster to go 100-plus. With the news that Pappenhausen's out, I think he'll take on a lot bigger role in attack. He'll take the line on a bit more, not having to go out the back to Pappy. Um, although, as you said, Nico Hines hasn't put a foot wrong in his game time this year, so might take a bit away from him. But I think Cam Munster 100-plus, and he could he's a definite captaincy option for me as well. <clears throat> Guys, as I mentioned earlier, we're really extremely pleased to welcome Brett Oaten Solicitors as our sponsor for the podcast. Brett provides intellectual property and business advice to the entertainment, media, and startup industries. For more than 20 years, Australia's leading entrepreneurs, creatives, have relied on Brett and his team to help their businesses grow. 
Uh, if you do find yourself interested in discussing Brett's services, contact him through brettoten.com.au. You can see of his clients there from tech startups to advertising agencies to Amy Shark, King Gizzard, and the Kid Leroy. And there's a special discount for SC Playbook listeners, which is very, very cool. So check that out. Brett's a trusted legal advisor, lifelong rugby league fan, and a keen but limited super coach fan. Moving on to the next game of the round, guys, and that is the Titans and the Broncos, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. at Seabus Super Stadium. Fair bit going on here, particularly at the Titans, because there always is. Starting with Brian Kelly, who's out, and commiserations to anyone who brought him in last week or the week before. Uh, I know Nick Moon, who writes our weekly rap, brought him in, and it cost him his head, couple of his head-to-head leagues. Finished with about two or three points, which was just brutal. Uh, Bo Femur moves from the second row to centre, which is not great news as far as auto-emergency goes, but at least he's playing 80 minutes. Keegan Hipgrave comes into the pack. Prop Jamin Jolliffe, the Spies boy, is also sidelined with an ankle problem. Uh, Mo Fodawaka moves to prop. Jai Whitbread has been added to the bench. Jai Arrow played long minutes in his return from a shoulder injury last week and could move into the starting side close to game time. Keep a big watch on the final teams there because surprisingly there are a few Supercoach relevant players. At the Broncos, Alex Glenn returns from injury in the back row. Ben Teo to the bench. Uh, suspended Joe Jordan, Ricky, and Jamil Hopawade both drop off the interchange. Joe Offingali returns from suspension. Xavier Coates replaces Ethan Bullimore on the pine. Uh, first thing I'll say about that Broncos side is that the bench has a hooker and an, a winger on the bench. So as far as Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan go, I can't see them not playing 80 minutes this week. Uh, Haas did it last week. Carrigan played early 70s. Um, but I think Haas becomes a massive captaincy option for anyone who's winning their head-to-head clash pretty well. Um, a few relevant names there, and Katoni Staggs, Desi, is a, is one who's pretty popular this week. What do you like in this game? Yeah, I think I think you're right about uh, Haas. I think he's a very valid C option in this game. I think he he's definitely due a try, that's for sure. Um, he, perhaps trampling over someone like Tyrone Peachy late in the game. I can definitely see something like that happening. Um, I actually really think this game will go to golden point. I've just got that gut feeling about it. The Broncos are really trying to sort of fight off the wooden spoon and showed a bit of fight last week against Penrith. And the Titans are playing some good footy. There's no doubt about that. And they're winning games. Um, for who I like, I, I like Brimson a lot in this matchup. I, I'm personally going to be holding him until the season's end now. I've seen enough from him and he just keeps producing good scores, breaks the line every game. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like Brimson. Um, Stags and Fafita for the Broncos as well. They're Obviously, they're only two attacking players of any sort of substance. So, they'll, they'll probably go for a couple of tries, I'd say. I'm hoping Fafita goes over for a pie for you, Tim. Thanks, Desi. Appreciate it as always, mate. I I really like David Fafita for the run home. Um, particularly this week and the last week. They play, obviously, the Titans this week, then the Eels, which is obviously a harder one. Uh, but then they finish with the Cowboys, which is at Suncorp, I believe. Uh, so I just think Fafita can definitely bag some attacking stats there. Tony Staggs is a guy I'm really looking at bringing in this week. Uh, I've got Mitchie Orbison there sitting on my bench, who's got a bit, a bit of value about him. So it could be an option. Um, and I think you're spot on with Brimson. Oof. I'd like to own him this week as a one-week play because – um, if the Broncos don't turn up, which they very well may not, uh, Brimson could go big. Spy, who do you like? And in particular, your thoughts on Stags and Fafida as trading options? Mate, I'm really keen on Stagsy. 
Um, I'd love to finish the year with him, much like you. It's a good run home. Next weekend, not, maybe not as much against Para, but this week um, and the last week, he's, he's such a talent. He's goal kicking now. I'll be I'll be having a look at whether I can find a way to get him into my side this week, um, <laughs> especially if you do, because I'm sick of seeing guys score and going, yes, Tim's got him. That's exciting. I don't. Damn it. It's a very awkward situation. So I'm just going to follow you for three weeks <laughs> and um, go from there. But Staggs is good. And David Feeder, like you said, he he's a real talent, that guy. Like he's, he's similar to Staggs. They're like the, the carbon copy of each other. They're just tri-scorers who bust the line, bust tackles, but he's the bigger version of him. Um, he was a bit disappointing last week, and the Broncos didn't get him much quality ball, but with that run home, he could at any stage get one or two or maybe three tries. Imagine that one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, happy with that. There is some risk in Fafita just because his work rate isn't as good. So just be aware that he does have a 45 to 50 in him, but his upside is enormous. Um, and that's about all. I'm sort of actually looking forward to this one. I know after a game of footy, I'll have a schooner in hand, and this one could actually be pretty fun to watch with a bit of luck. Yeah, Queensland derby, both sides out of contention, both trying to fight away from the wooden spoon. Um, it could be actually be all right, definitely for entertainment value anyway, with a few strike weapons in there. Roosters night, Saturday, 7.35 p.m. at the Sydney Cricket Ground. At the Roosters, Jake Friend returns from a head knock at hooker in place of Freddie Lusick in the only change from the win over the Raiders. At the Knights, plenty of changes. Ponga, Barnett, Hunt all rested with Tex Hoy, Edric Lee back from injury on the wing. Uh, Tex Hoy, obviously, fullback. And Herman SASA starts at lock. Daniel Saifidi is a massive inclusion on the bench, while Sione Matiazia is also a chance to return after being listed in the reserves. Um, I mean, a few options here, and the Roosters... Well, I mean, it's a pretty tough matchup for them, but I mean, I don't really know what to make of the Knights at the moment, particularly with a few key players out, Daniel Safidi coming back. But um, Dazzy, a few of those Roosters players have got to be catching your eye a little bit for the run home. Yeah, I think the Roosters will really want to make a statement in this game against the Kalen Pongolus Knights. Um, I think Tedesco is just going to wreak havoc in this game. Um, he'll probably go 120-plus quite easily. Um, as my as per my bold prediction there. But, yeah, I just see the entire Roosters' backline getting into the action. Um, they'll all score very well, I'd say. I, for the Knights, I think guys like Clemmer and Mann will really struggle in this game. I think the, the Roosters will just decimate them, to be honest. It'll be a 30-point <coughs> margin, um, and I can see them both going sub-60, unfortunately, for owners. Mate, I think I'm with you, and an issue with Clemmer is that I mean, he's gone 59 and 58 the last two weeks, but he played 62 and 68 minutes, which is really, really promising. Um, but with Dan Saifidi back, the fact that, I mean, I know Barnett's out as far as middles go, but O'Brien's pretty much said, oh, you know what, I'm happy to cop a loss here, um, rest a few of my key players, a few of the blokes with niggles. Uh, and I just think Saifidi's a guy that he's going to want to get minutes into coming into the finals. So does that mean Clemmer plays a few lesser minutes? Probably does, not necessarily, but I'd be a bit worried there. Um, as for Kurt Mann, I was really, I still am thinking about sitting in this week. Uh, then I had a look at his base over the, pretty well since he's moved to hooker. Get a load of this for his base stats. So this is obviously just tackles and runs. Um, last week, his base was 47. The week before, 53, 47, 46. And the game against the Dogs, which I think off the top of my head uh, was the game that – I think that was the one where Connor Watson got injured and so did Andrew McCulloch. He had 62 in base. Um, so looking at those numbers, 
you know, even on a bad day, he could, he could score 50-plus, throwing an attacking stat, and there's your 70. So I'm a little bit undecided on man. But, again, if he, there's a week he's going to go low, this is probably going to be it. Um, Spy, what do you make of this game? And, you know, guys like Brett Morris, Daniel Tupu, have they caught your attention? Oh, absolutely, mate. Tupu and Brett Morris, if you can get them in your side, if you've got the trades and the money to do it, then they're huge options. Um, Daniel on the wing there, does he loves to run it as well. So his base, I think, would be re- – I haven't looked, but it should be reasonable. And Brett Morris is probably a little bit cheaper than he was – or he definitely a little bit cheaper than he was a month ago. So they're huge options. I love it, especially with their run home. I think they're going to absolutely decimate the Sharks next week if they don't rest, guys. That's the huge risk there. If Teddy rests and a few other th- other guys are out, maybe their wingers suffer. But still, I'd be pretty happy putting them in with the Roosters' depth. Um Real interesting one for me here is my boy Angus Crichton. I've been targeting targeting him for the run home, and he's been named on the bench again, so makes it obviously near impossible to buy him at that price, despite what he did last week in 30 minutes. What a weapon. Um, but just keep an eye out, just in case he does swing into the starting side now before kickoff. Uh, if you've got to trade up your sleeve, I'd love to own him. Um, obviously, there's some risk. He doesn't play 80 minutes with that depth, but look, Sonny Bill's going to probably play in the middle a lot and not not take away edge minutes. Lindsay Collins is a middle. Nat Butcher is a little bit as well, though he can can go on an edge at times. So, mate, Angus Crichton, if he's starting, could be a huge pod. He could be enormous for the run home. Um, and just on to Clemmer and Kurt Mann that you mentioned, Tim. I think Clemmer. Be interesting to see if they arrest him, but also he's, he's a pretty fit dude. He's played 80 minutes at times, so I think when he is playing his 60 minutes, it's not like they're overloading him either too much. He's put his offload away a little bit the last couple of weeks. Um, sides have got on top of it, so that's the key to his success this year. If he's not offloading, he'll generally punch out about 60, and if he adds his three offloads in, that's what gets him up to like 72. So that's huge. And just be aware that he did get Sinbin two weeks ago with four minutes left. So he would have scored in the 70s again. Um, he's going on really, really well. But, yeah, if you're not only, you just sort of hope that they do rest him a little bit with Daniel coming back. And Kurt Mann, he just keeps on keeping on, a bit like Nofaluma. He just keeps getting it done. And he's, he's such a good player. He's getting better by the week. He's pretty vocal focal point of their attack and a yeah, big decision for you mate as to whether you play him or not obviously just depends on who your other centers are heading into the weekend yeah <clears throat> the one thing for sure is with angus Crichton is trent robo is really going to want to get minutes into him before the finals so i mean i wouldn't be shocked at all to see him start come game day um but with that four forward bench it's hard to see him getting big minutes what you need is a not that you're going to buy Crichton this week but as far as the next two weeks go you need to see Freddie Lassick come in and be named at that 14 spot with three other forwards um, because with the bench they've got now, you know, Cordner, Tupanua there, Isaac Liu, um, we know Takiyahu can play big minutes in, in the middle as well. Um, it just – I can't see where the minutes are going to come from for Crichton. Yep. The one thing he does have in his favour, if they do choose to put like a, a hooker or a, a utility on the bench – Crichton, which we've seen a lot last year and probably over the last two years, is him shifting to the middle of the field. So he can play a lot of lock as well and defend there, which is really good for his base, but again, good for his minutes that he can switch between the edge and the middle. Um, but again, w- w- while it is as it is, um, and Mitchell Orbison to come back as well, if there's a spot for him, um, you've got to put a line through Angus Crichton for this year. Um, but if he does get named to start, it could be a huge pod. Um, moving on to the Storm and the Cowboys. Oh, this could be a bit of a massacre. 4.05 p.m. on Sunday at Sunshine Coast Stadium. 
at the Storm. Little Pappy is out with an Achilles injury. Also, no word on the severity of that yet. I'm assuming not sort of too many people own um, with Ponga and Teddy going so well, but uh, a bit of a concern there for the few weeks going ahead as well. Nico Hines starts at fullback. Suliasi Vernavalu is back from a broken jaw and replaces Isaac Lumi Lumi, who goes to the bench. Uh, Nelson Asafa-Solomona returns from a calf injury to fill the hole left by Christian Welch's suspension. Riley Jackson is the new face on the bench with Chris Lewis admitted. At the Cowboys, it's the same 17 as last week with Gavin Cooper listed to start and Tom Gilbert on the bench. Desi, I suppose the Cowboys are pretty irrelevant here. Um, Val Holmes was good last week but has a brutal couple of weeks coming up. Um, I mean, Cameron Munster and Cam Smith are probably the only two of note. Are they must-haves or can you make a case not to own either of them? Uh, no, they're definitely must-haves. Um, you, you just cannot go – you cannot go into a game like this without both of them. Cam Smith, if if they win by 50 points, he's going to score 150. Um, he'll have two or three tries just quite easily, 10 goals. Um, even even guys like Addo Carr, he's, just, he's been the guy in the most form, um, scoring the biggest in Supercoach of late for Melbourne. So he could be a huge trade-in for some of the guys up top this week. But, yeah, Munster and Smith are definitely the two guys you cannot go without because they will both – 100% score 100-plus points this week. There's just no two ways about it, really. Yeah, look, I I don't mind the Addo car call. I do not have the nads to do it myself because he can go so low. But, I mean, he's definitely got to be an option. Um, this After this week, they then go on to play the Tigers and the Dragons. So the three weeks coming up are massive. Um, Spy, what about you and Munster Smith? Just simply must-haves or can you see an argument to maybe Antipod? I do love a little mini argument with Desi, so I'm glad we've got one for the night. Um, I'm going to say, Desi, this is my thoughts on Munster and Smith. Certainly they can both go 100-plus, and they may well. That's definitely not in doubt, 100, 100%. So if you own them, happy days. But just the way Melbourne are playing at the moment, they've got a couple of easy games. And if you have a look at Smith and Munster, they've been perfectly happy just to use their outside backs and give early ball, especially over the past sort of two, three weeks of footy. They've got um, Olam in the centres. Um, then Adokar's been on fire. Pappenhausen's been doing the damage. Obviously, Pappenhausen out is significant, but Nico Hines plays a similar role to Pappy. So what's worried me a little bit, just a little bit as a Munster owner in the past couple of weeks since his return is he's just been happy to give that early ball. Smith's very similar because they know they haven't had to take the game over and do what they do best. My thoughts are potentially they just saved their run of really getting back into their best footy for a couple of weeks and it really, really matters and just, just ease themselves through this one. As you said, though, if Melbourne put on 50, Smithy will kick 10 goals and he'll invariably grab a try assist at least. So I think he's good for at least 70, something like that. But I'll just be curious to see how Munster plays this week. Um, certainly no issues with playing when you're 17, but if you're going to captain him, just be aware that he hasn't been taking on the line quite as much as he normally does. Perhaps this week is the time he gets back into it, but it wouldn't also shock me if he really saves his best for down the track closer to finals. What are your thoughts on that, lads? Desi, any uh, any rebuttal there? You want to tell the spider to put a sock in it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a few good points, but I think Munster's been attacking the line fairly fine. Um, he certainly did last week. He scored a try. It was it was pretty miserable conditions, so I don't yeah. I don't really want to base it on last week, but I think I just can't see them not going huge in this one. Um, 
they they are passing it to the outside back, sure. But this is the time of the season where Melbourne will stop doing that, in my opinion. They'll yep, start taking sure. it off. It'll be really interesting to see what happens, mate. And sorry, I forgot to add, lads, is Nico Hines. I think he's a great play this week. Um, we'll get into it later with trades, but he'll fill that Pappenhausen role. And if it's a sunny Sunday afternoon against the Cowboys, giving him some early ball, anything could happen, I think. Has Nico Hines' old man paid you off to give him raps today? Well, I was going to say he's available. He's available at five eight, <laughs> so he's not just a fullback. So if you if you're looking for a sneaky little play, actually, I think he's about two hundred and sixty k or something cheap. You want to save some cash, cash someone in, mate. Hinesy, I'm on the Hines train this weekend. Go, Nico. Nico. <laughs> <laughs> the second best Nico in the NRL behind Mark Nichols at the Bunnies. Yeah, absolutely. Sharks v Warriors Sunday six thirty p.m. at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. For the Sharkies, heaps going on, as per usual. Um, Sean Johnson returns and will play halfback in place of the suspended Chad Townsend. Partnered in the house by Connor Tracy with Braden Trindle dropping out. CSC for Talakai moves into the starting side to replace the suspended Wade Graham, which is big news because there'll be a lot of people out there struggling to field a good 17 this week. And with Talakai now starting in the back row, outsider returning Sean Johnson against the Warriors, uh, big, big news there, I think, for a lot of very grateful owners. Tony Ru- Ru- Rudolph is again named to start at lock for Sorensen. Sione Katara returns from a chest injury on the wing, pushing Bryce and Goodwin to the reserves. Andrew Fafita has been named on the interchange bench. At the Warriors, Eels lone pair George Jennings and Daniel Ivaro both return with a winger, uh, return, with winger Jared Beal and bench forward Josh Curran dropping out. Isaiah Papali'i starts a prop with Lachlan Burr reverting to the bench. Uh, Desi, not much going on here, mate. If anyone held Sean Johnson, happy days for them. Hopefully he kicks goals. Um, but I suppose the big two here, which I have seen a bit of uh, popularity for in the trades early this week, uh, Jazz Tavanga and Torhu Harris. Mate, would you be looking at bringing in Torhu or Jazz? Um, I don't know. It's a bit, it's a bit tough. Uh, maybe Jazz, probably not Torhu because he, he just doesn't have the attacking upside that Jazz has. I mean, even with the sin bin, Jazz still put on some insane PPM. But I actually think this will be a really exciting match. Both teams have everything to play for. Um, I expect the Warriors to push them the entire way. And Sean Johnson, he'll have to play extremely well if they're gonna if they're gonna beat the Warriors. They're in red hot form. Um, two of Isaac's in great form. Um, Nick Arima and CHT have been kicking really well. But yeah. Jazz and Tohu, just I'm not sure if I'd bring him in at this point in the season. To be honest, it's it's probably a bit late. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. Uh, I, I wouldn't be, but I'll admit, watching Jazz each week, he's hard work as a non-owner. He's not playing massive minutes, but far out. His PPM is just out of this world. Um, I was one of the very few relief people to see him actually simbin on the weekend uh, because a lot of people up top do own him. Um, Spy, anything to add on this game, mate? Yeah, boys, we've had a lot of chat about Jazz over the last last month between us us boys. I just, I'm a little bit against Des and Wilson in that I'm not sure he has the upside of maybe some other guys. Like, obviously, if you own someone like David Fafita, you know he can go 120 any week. Whereas Jazzy, I think he's a lock for some really nice 70s pretty often, and then he might get in the 80s with a line break or a couple extra offloads. The reason I say that is just purely based on minutes. He's only played 60 minutes once this season. So mm. he's played 89 games. He only got to 60 minutes once. The rest have been in the 50s or the 40s, um, which isn't isn't huge. And whilst he's an absolute monster, gee, I love watching him, 
that means if he plays his 55 minutes, he gets, normally gets up to about 70 odds, 75, sometimes at 65. At the end of the day, he might only average you around the 70 mark. So my question is, do you want to bring in someone like a Fafita who can go right in the tons with a couple of strong tries or someone like Jazz who's who's going to knock you out 70s? And they'll be fun to watch. And I'm certainly not, not against Jazz. I own him and I enjoy owning him, but... I just don't think he has the upside that people maybe think, unless, of course, for some reason, his minutes go up to 65, 70, in which case he'll be an absolute monster. If he does that, he's a must-own. But at, at this stage, it hasn't happened. So based on what's happened so far, I just think he's going to be a really solid back rower and probably be in amongst the crowd of those really solid elite back rowers, but without the upside potentially. That's just just a thought, just a thought. Yeah, no, it's all pretty fair shout, mate, and I, I can't disagree too much. Uh, boys, let's move on to the round 18 trades we're eyeing off. Des, what are you looking at, mate? I'm actually going to hold trades for the first time this season. Um, there's no super urgent matters I need to take care of in my team for once, so it's finally the week to do it. Nice, mate. And nice. How, ma- how many will that leave you with? Um, I think I've got three left after that. That's right. That'll, yeah, by safe, if you can do it yeah, comfortably this week, that'll put you in the right position for the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, Spy, what about you, mate? And how many trades do you have left? I've got three left, lads. Um, my big targets were getting Cam Smith back and Angus Crichton. So with Angus named on the bench, assuming it stays that way, I don't have to use that trade. And as I said before, I'm a little hesitant in using one of these trades on Smith this week, just how they've been playing. I do expect him to score 70 or maybe even 80, but if – if someone on my playing my side can go close to matching him and I can save that trade with potential carnage to come with resting guys, then maybe I'll do that. On the total flip side to things, how's this for an out-of-the-box strategy? I'll run it by is. I have Jake Avarillo sitting at halfback just as a backup behind Cleary. And in my centres this week, which I knew was coming, I've got Micah Sevo and Stafford Toa both with really tough matchups. So I know my fourth center is going to be potentially pretty weak, especially if Sevo keeps playing like he has. I mean, if he doesn't score a try, he could get 15 against Penrith, which fills me with dread. So this is my sneaky little play, which I may or may not do. Just use one trade this week, which means I could flip Avarillo to the centers, play him this week only against Manly. He's starting 5'8". If you have a look at the games he's played 80 minutes this year, he's been outstanding. And he might also goal kick. It would also add a lot of interest to the Friday 6 o'clock match for me. But the other other side to that, in using that trade, it means I could bring in Nico Hines at 5'8". Oh. Um, which means I could play Hines and Avarillo, both with really good matchups, instead of Sevo and Luai, who have tough matchups. So I'm sort of just eyeing that off. It'll be one trade I've got to use, but with only a couple of weeks left after this week, maybe I'll do it and it'll add a bit of bit of fun to the weekend. I'm obviously not ranked in the top 15 like you are, Tim, so I've got a bit of room to have a crack at things. Um, and, yeah, get my boy Jakey Avril in for a run and back my Heinz chat up. So that's just an early thought, but there's, there's plenty to ponder this week. Um, top 14, mate. Check your stats, please. Yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I uh, initial thoughts are you're putting a lot of faith in Jake Avrilo, who I rate as a footballer, particularly in the attacking upside. Um, I suppose I, I think the factor there would be is the is the goal kicking. So 
when him and Nick Meany have been in the team together this year, have you checked yet who kicked goals? I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure Jake did. Um, But the other thing is it's more about Nico Hines. I can get him and Nico Hines rather than the other guys. So, um, as I said, it's a bit of a fun pie with a few weeks left. And if it nets me 70 or 80 points, I'd be bloody stoked. But we'll have a think and and just decide close Mm. to the weekend. Yeah, fair play to you, mate. Um, I am. I mean, mine have been thrown in the air a little bit because I expected Joshy Papali to be out. Um, so initially, I was thinking Papali to Fanua Blake, who I quite liked as a pod. Talked to him up a little bit earlier, um, but just the upside. I, I continually go on about having the upside and the ceilings of front rowers. His base not quite may not be quite as good as Clemmers, and I suppose a big minute Takiyaho. But I, I really, I do. I'm pretty tempted by Fanua Blake, but it's also. A very sideways if that trade from Papali, if Papali plays, so I won't bother. So I'm just going to wait on news of that. Um, the one I think I will probably lock in is uh, Orbison to Stags, um, which is a, a pretty nice little one there Love as well. It. And it also it gives me depth in every position except front row would be the only one. Um, but look, if Papali's going to play, it would probably just be the one for me, which would leave me with three trades going into the final two weeks. So a little bit to play with. So then if the restings do happen – um, which I'm hoping they do, and I hope Teddy gets rested and all these guns get rested um, so that I've got a little bit to work with. But, See ya. yeah, not few to work with anyway. Um, Desi, captain and vice-captain. I'm going VC on Cleary against the Eels um, just in case they, they butter them, which I have an inkling they might. Um, and then I'm captaining Teddy against the Knights like I expect most people will. Spy, how about your captains for the week, mate? Yeah, I think got to be on Teddy, mate. Um, the form he's in, he's back to his, his normal self against a weakened Knights lineup, so pretty excited to have him. Um, I don't mind if people want to have a really tactical risk if you feel like you need to do it, obviously for head-to-head or or overall if you're chasing some, some extra glory, but Teddy looks nice and safe and similar to Cleary, early game in the week, VC is good to get it on him just so it gives you options if he does go off. Yeah, like it. I uh, am thinking VC Cody Walker on Thursday night. Into the sea on Teddy, um, but as that Thursday night game is so important for me with a few pod players, if the bunnies do hit the skids and the Tigers come out and put a hundred on them and they all score under twenty, um, and I need to go a little bit more left field to make up ground, I'll whack the sea on Cam Munster. But I'm hoping that it doesn't come to that. Yep, smart thing. Let's take back a few up. questions and then we'll then we'll wrap it up for the night. Starting with Maddie Broom, who says he's looking for a pod centre wing with a good draw. Thoughts on Josh Adokar, Campbell Graham, Nick Kotrick, Katoni Staggs, Taniel Tupu, Peter Hiku. He says it also means he can bench Sevo, especially this week, Iordion's Toto. So of them players, I'll start with you, Des. Let me know if you need me to go again. Which one would you pick? I'm going for the initial one, Adokar. I just really like Melbourne's draw. Um, I, I can't see Adokar not scoring tries. He'll, just, he'll put so many over the Cowboys this week. I can see him averaging 100-ish for the last three rounds if all goes to plan. Yeah, and as he said, he's looking for a pod. I'd go Katoni Staggs. Um, I think he's the far safer option. I think the upside's there, but he'll also probably be pretty popular this week. So, you know, maybe Adokari is the big pod play. Spy, <coughs> who would you go? Oh, it's tough because Staggs jumps out as your man, but I like what Desi says about Adokar as well. If you want to really, really throw – Throw the kitchen sink at it. He could have an absolute blinding finish, but I think with Stags, is two of his three weeks are, are huge. So I'd probably go Stags. He just over Adokar, and I like Tupo as well. Roosters don't don't shirk on them. Yeah, either. 
I like Tupu as well. Um, I'd actually have Tupu behind Stags for me. Um, Perry Hall asks, is Huss a must-have for the run home or can you get close to what he gives for a little cheaper, Des? No, he's a must-have. He's, he's by far the best front rower. If you go down a little bit in price, you're not going to find anyone even close to his average. Spite? Mate, Haas is an absolute must. I'm just looking up his numbers from last week. He scored 89, and I'm not even sure he offloaded. Let's just check this. Yeah, zero offloads, which almost never happens, and he got 89. So he could base 100 any week. Yeah, I'm with you. And we spoke about the bench of Brisbane at the moment. If that stays the same, you can guarantee he's playing 80 minutes. So, And I think Des nailed it. The gap between him and second in the forwards is just monumental. Um, a good question from Adam Thompson <clears throat> who says, obviously a head-to-head question, so I won my first matchup. I'm into the preliminary finals now. Should I prioritise building more depth now with four remaining trades or should I wait? Was thinking – uh, Firma to Bateman or Crichton or Willie Army to Staggs. Um, so it's a good question in the sense that, all right, if there's injuries this week and rests next week and he could have used two of his trades this week and have a couple more for next week to put himself in a safer position, or does he just uh, spy, does he just wait and, and have them four trades for a prelim and a grand final? It's a bloody fantastic question, this. Um, I don't, both options are fine. I'm sort of maybe I'll land in the middle. Maybe upgrade one of them this week just to add some depth in, and then it still gives you three trades for the last couple of weeks um, just if things go crazy. But at least you'll have that depth then that next week you might only have to use one trade if need be, and then you can keep two for that final week, which would be grand final, wouldn't it? That would be right. Yeah, it would. So, yeah, maybe one this week just to add some depth and obviously give you um, – yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Go with one this week, but it's tight. Yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that um, scenario, Des? I agree with the spy. I really like the Firma to Bateman trade. I think that'll really bulk your team yeah. up perfectly. Yeah, um, and oh, I tell you what, if you can have two trades going into your grand final week, I know you've still got to make it and whatnot, but anyone that can be going into grand final with two trades up their sleeve, you've got to be in a pretty good position, you'd think. Huge. Um, uh, what else have we got? So Richie Coombs asks, asks Jackson Paulo to Stags or all right, this is the other one was Ponga to Pappenhausen, so that question's become redundant. Should have checked that, but here we are. Uh, here's a good question. Spire, I've already got your response, um, so I won't get yours, but Nick asks, Cody Walker or DCE, who would you go out of them two, Des? Oh, that is a really good question. Yeah. Um, really, it's, it, it's sort of a coin toss. They could both average 100 from here on out or they could both average 50 from here on out. And they both seem to have really good matchups as well. So it's it really is much the much. But I think DC with the goal kicking probably puts him slightly ahead of Cody Walker. It's, it's so hard because my initial thought is DC because of the goal kicking as well, just the edge there. But then you look at um, Ruben Garrick's due back either next week or the week after. Not guaranteed, but I did see uh, a whisper of that. Um, but the big thing is Cody Walker's playing Red Hot Rabbitohs. DC's playing the struggling <coughs> manly outfit. So there's so much to consider, and the difference between them could be like 200 points. So And, boys, um, I did um, boys, I did say DC earlier, but also if Tommy Trevojevic is back next week, he'll take a bit of ball off Cherry as well. So the more you look into it, maybe Cody does become the play. Yeah, and um, following on from that, which uh, it's a very another, it's fair, very fair question because a lot of people will be thinking it. But Blair asks, 
hold Luai for the final three weeks, particularly with, you know, Penrith have two good weeks after this coming up, or make the move to DCE this week? Des? Uh, I'd just go to DCE. I'd chuck him in and hope. I mean, you, you know what you're going to get from Luai most likely. He'll probably average 60, 65 to the end, and you'd expect DCE to probably do more than that, so it's worth the trade, I'd say. Yeah. Spy? My gut says DCE as well. Um, as we know, if things go his way, he's going to be enormous. There's no guarantee Tommy or Garrick return, and Luai could get rested as well and has a tough matchup this week. So with, sh- with short time to play, get DCE in, I reckon, um, if you need to, and, and see if he can do the job for you. Yeah, I'd do it too. Um, and another final question, uh, which again has been impacted by team list, but we can still help out because uh, I have a couple of thoughts on it. Ryan Patton asks, if Ponga is ruled out, he's looking to trade him to Pappy or Nofaluma. So obviously Pappy's not playing, so he'd be thinking Nofaluma. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? He says Nofa is pretty draw-proof. Uh, Des, you mentioned before, would you be looking to go Ponga to Nofaluma? Or would you be waiting a week or would there be a, another fullback you'd go to instead of Nofa? What do you reckon? I think Nofa would be one of the only guys you'd even consider trading Pong out for, but I still probably wouldn't do it. Um, he's averaging 81. He's, so he's averaging about the same as Ponga. If you do trade out Ponga to Nofa, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a waste of a trade because Ponga will come back for the final two weeks and probably score the same as Nofa, so... It's it's a one week yeah, trade, really. so not really sure about that one. Yeah, spy. What about you? And I'll make a wager with anyone that wants to take me on. Uh, Ponga is going to outscore Nofaluma in the last two weeks, surely. Uh, so stay with Ponga unless you absolutely have to get rid of him for for reasons we've previously discussed, such as winning a head to head battle, all those sort of things. Yeah. So I think we spoke about it in depth earlier, but pretty well. The big question is of the week, hold or sell Ponga? Uh, look, I think we'd all be holding Ponga pretty well with those last two games to come and him fit and firing. Lads, cheers to that this week. Desi, thank you, mate. Yeah, no worries, boys. Always a pleasure. Spy, cheers, mate. Thanks, Timo. Cheers, Desi. Good fun, lads. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in.